Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. Berry season has officially arrived. We're discussing all the berries this week, from the strawberries and blueberries at your local farmer's market or grocery store, to the wild varieties that can be found during the warm summer months. We share some of our favorite combinations too, like combining juicy berries with whipped cream or sour cream, or serving them piled high onto a dessert like a pavlova or angel food cake. Stay tuned for a juicy conversation about summer berries. Hey, Sonia. Hi, Carrie. I'm excited to see you. I love seeing you. I love our our convos together every week. It's my favorite thing ever. And it's so exciting because we're talking about, I think this has to be one of everyone's favorite foods, right? Berries. What's not berries to like? like? All the berries, right? It's there's so much excitement around berries. I remember this in LA too, around the Harry's berry stand, but and every berry stand. But here, like because our our season is shorter than California, yeah. The line at the farmers market the other week for the first strawberries was bananas. I was like, I'm not even getting in that line. And I also, I always skip the first week of strawberries because they're not that good. I always wait like a few weeks. (laughs) There's true. It's not worth it to me. I want my strawberries dark, red, all the way through, juicy, sweet. You and I were talking about having this conversation. It reminded me of how when I was growing up, especially in the Midwest, in Illinois, you just, the first sign of in-season berries is so linked with the weather getting warmer, all the spring rituals like Easter and school getting out. It reminded me of how far I've come because we have berries pretty much year round here. Yeah. And certainly real in season like March, April, May, June. And here it's later. It's June, July, right. August, and even into September sometimes. And our berries are a little different. Like we do have some berries that you guys don't have down there. I'm excited to hear what those are. And also like it was making me realize like I pretty much just grew up with, you know, strawberries and blueberries, not even really raspberries. Really? We had frozen raspberries. Like my grandmother would make a raspberry sauce, but they would never be because raspberries that were fresh were also really expensive. Yes. So my my dad was a really avid gardener. So I grew up with kind of a lot of berries at our house. Like we had- really. Yeah, we had strawberries, blueberries, blackberries. He may have tried to plant currants. Oh my and God. then we always no – yeah, and he was also a forager. And by the way, this was not cool back in the day. It was like not cool right. to be a forager. It was You were kind of ashamed because everyone's like, what are those weird people doing over there <laughs> collecting fruit? You know. And back then, a lot of people just let their fruit rot. Like they wouldn't harvest their trees or bushes or whatever. So my dad, you know, with this kind of immigrant sensibility, he always knew every fruit-bearing plant in the whole – city. Mm-hmm. The thing that I miss the most, honestly, and I've never found this at a farmer's market, is a true wild strawberry. There are these tiny, tiny, itty bitty strawberries. I think the ones that they sell in LA, which I've had, yeah. are cultivated like they're not wild. Yeah. And that flavor I cannot tell you. It's just so unique and so special. And those we would just eat fresh. Like you don't do anything with them except for eat them. Right. But there's also salmon berries. I grew up eating. Have you What's had one of those? Berry? No, I don't even, I've never even heard of that. A salmon berry grows wild here. It's not typically sold at markets either. And it's like a pale salmon color. It tastes a little like a raspberry, but it's so good. Oh, you know what? We might have, I would call those like pink raspberries. I feel like we That's have- a different- 
That's different. Yeah. These are wild berries that they're not like selling in stores. The other wild berry we have here are thimble berries. Do you have thimble berries? No. Okay. The (laughs) last. Wait, what's a thimble berry? It's also something you like can't really harvest for a grocery store. They look also raspberry like, but they have like a big white center that you don't eat. Thimble berries, like the thinnest layer of berry like it's paper thin and so it does have that center kind of hole that a raspberry has but it's just like you just have to pull it off the bush and pop it directly in your mouth that's all you're doing you're not bringing it home to wash it you're not harvesting it you're just walking in the neighborhood and pulling thimble berries oh my gosh remember you describing that in portland when you left la and moved there and we talked a little bit about this in another episode in our pie episode about just that i imagine you just live in in this neighborhood where there's just like fruit everywhere and I came to visit you and there are a lot of fruit trees and things, but that there's someone in your neighborhood who tends patch of berries that is, I can't remember, is it raspberries? We have these things called unpaved roads in Portland. It's really, that's what they're called. They're called unpaved roads and there are a lot of them. And so there are kind of these streets with no asphalt and he he lives on the edge of an unpaved road, which is around the corner from me. And he planted like half a block's worth or maybe a full block's worth of berries. So mostly raspberries, but also specifically thornless blackberries. So you can't get hurt by them and they're giant. And he planted a fig tree and- and he's he just them. and he tends and, to them. And then people then people just come and snack. They walk by. You just walk and snack. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's my dream. It's so special. There are a lot of gooseberries are around here. Love gooseberries. That yeah. that was like that was going to be my one fancy that I was going to throw out to you is like I I've had <laughs> the gooseberries and I will be honest, the first several times I tasted gooseberries, I did not like them. I couldn't get around it. And now I just buy, see them, I buy them and I just eat them the whole time while I'm shopping at the farmer's market. I did love you not them. like the texture of them or what didn't you I like? I don't know if just the first couple times I tasted them, they were not quite ripe enough. They tasted too sour for me. Yeah. But then once I kind of got into them, now I really, anytime I see them, I buy them because they're very fleeting. Totally. Yeah. They're one of those things that you can only get like a few weeks a year. And yes. there's such a wide range of quality. Yeah. The only gooseberries I've truly ever loved are from my friend's yard. They, they yeah. grow. There's so many berries. I don't know that we'll get through every single one. I have one oh. fancy one that I want to throw out. To me, is so special because I did not know that it existed until I moved to California and really until I kind of really got into the farmer's market are Persian mulberries. I'm so glad you brought mulberries. Oh my gosh. You know, the farmer that I've mentioned that I worked for a summer, Wiser Family Farms, they have this row of Persian mulberry bushes. And they would come to the market and, you know, they're like very expensive. You get like barely a handful. But when you taste them, it's like basically eating jam. Yes. And one of the times that I've gone out to his farm to visit, they just hadn't harvested them all off of the trees. And so some of the Persian mulberries had stayed on the trees and kind of become like Persian mulberry raisins. Well, yeah. So we just stood there and like ate Persian mulberry raisins off the tree. And if you could think of your top five things that you did in your life, life that was that would definitely be one of them for me it's so amazing we have mulberry trees here too they're trees there's a tree near us that no one harvests and it's just literally the most incredible mulberry i've ever had in my life and your description is exactly right it tastes like jam but the one thing you have to know is you have to wear dark clothing and your hands are going to get incredibly stained yeah they stain they stain so fast but they're apparently like so good for you because of the time of year we're in 
And because I feel like the most people have access to this, I want to start with strawberries. I, I think really, that's a great place yeah. to start. Besides just loving a strawberry, I think it's a universally loved fruit. I just think also like I have so many childhood memories of strawberries. And I will say probably my strongest one is eating strawberries with angel food cake. Did oh, you ever I love that. <laughs> I love strawberries and angel food cake. Have you ever made an angel food cake? I think back in the day, I don't know that I would do it now. I think they're quite fussy to make. They but are my, fussy. But my grandmother would make one. Oh, yes. My grandmother made them. My mother made them. It was like every spring. To your point about you don't buy berries the first week, like my mom would also was also like, we're not buying these berries yet. They're too expensive. And look, they're like half green. Right. But once, you know, once you would settle into like week three, week four, you know, which would start to hit, hit in May and June, there would always be an angel food cake, fresh whipped cream and berries. Ugh. And like they're there's almost nothing better. I know? really like honestly that dessert I could re- eat to the end of all time. Connected to that, I love a short cake. I think or like basically, a pound cake, just any, like any of those. Like yeah. So you know, pick your density. Like a short cake, crumbly, a pound cake, a little more dense and rich, or that light airiness of an angel food cake or pavlova. Well, pavlova. I mean, a strawberry pavlova is a dreamy yeah. dessert. Can I tell you what I've been making in recent years? What? And I can actually share the recipe. Okay. So technically you're not allowed to call tiramisu tiramisu unless it's with espresso and, you know, the traditional one. So I'm going to offend so many people by calling this a strawberry tiramisu, but that's what I've been calling it. So please forgive me. My friend farmer, Noemi, she grows truly the most incredible strawberries. I just wait all year to get a flat of her berries. As you know, there's a lot of varieties of strawberries. There's not just one kind. So especially at the farmer's market, so many varieties. So whatever she's growing, and I don't know what name it is, it is just so special. And so I love eating it fresh, but I also want to celebrate it. Do you love tiramisu? I do love tiramisu. I love a berry combination with like something creamy. It's like it rounds it out. It's almost like when you add tomatoes and butter. Yes. Like that it just creates a richness that is so special. So what I do is I take those lady fingers and I dip them in orange juice instead of espresso. And you could dip it, or I think I had like orange mango juice or something on oh hand. I had some God. weird, I think passion fruit juice would be really good for yeah. this. Or But orange uh, is a good combination. Orange for, is so simple. Or, yeah. yeah. Strawberry. And then I dip the lady fingers in that instead of coffee and do a layer. And then I make like a vanilla kind of custard and then do a layer of like macerated, which just means sugared strawberries. Yes. And then like another layer and then oh top it God. with cream. It's so... That's outrageous. Do you make that like once a week? I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> It really celebrates the moment that you're in. Yeah, I need to make one really soon. Maybe we, I need to make one when you, when you come to visit. Oh, well, I wouldn't mind that at all. The list is getting very long of what I have to make you. (laughs) This is is true. Okay, so in the last note about strawberries and cream, I want to share something I grew up eating because I don't think everyone did. And this is a very typical Ukrainian and Soviet dish. So my father's mother, my grandmother, Fanya, would make me strawberries and sour cream with brown sugar. I think we've talked about this, just you and I before, not on the podcast. But I want to know like what that actually means in reality because It makes sense in my mind, but like, what does that look like in reality? So in reality, you literally slice up some strawberries and then you can sweeten some sour cream with sugar or brown sugar. And then you plop that on the strawberries and call it a day. That's it. 
Oh my gosh. So I like to take my strawberries, slice them, and maybe sprinkle a little sugar on the strawberries just to get them juicier. And then I'll take the sour cream and I'll plop it on that. And then I'll kind of like do a swirl of brown sugar or coconut sugar. So it's kind of almost like you have little pockets of sweet sour cream and plain sour cream and sweet berry. And that's like a dessert. To me, that feels like, you know, in the middle of the summer, like right now I feel so inspired to cook. Like you and I are talking every week and cooking for my family and love being in the kitchen. When you're in midsummer, there are just times when you don't want to turn on your, you're just like, I can't even make like a biscuit to have strawberry shortcake. And that to me is, oh, we're up to our ears in strawberries. Yes. And we just mix in a little sugar and sour cream. And that's, that quenches every taste bud that you have. And you didn't have to do anything really. You didn't have to do anything. It's like cooling for your body. And it's a lot like that Italian tradition of doing balsamic, like good balsamic that's like almost syrupy and sweet. Mm -hmm. They drizzle that that on strawberries. It's just like, what are you, that one thing you're adding to something that just makes it feel a tiny bit special, but doesn't take away from the greatness of the strawberry. Let me ask you this. Would you, in the world of using labna, would you do that with a labna? It would be so good with a labna, but I'll tell you, there's something about sour cream that it's not quite as sour as labna. It's not quite as yogurty and it's a little creamier. It's a little smoother, silkier. And also it's a different experience. Don't don't mess with the perfection of strawberries and sour cream. You know what I would do with labna? And this is going to be my question for you if you've ever done this. I would roast strawberries and put that on a labna. Have you ever roasted strawberries? Okay, we've had this conversation before. I've never roasted strawberries. And I remember you being like, oh yeah, I just roast strawberries. I was like, what do you mean? I don't understand. Would you roast them? Because I still haven't done it. Would you roast them on a sheet pan? Now that yeah. we about you'd roast them on a sheet pan, not like in a casserole dish, like a Pyrex. No, just on a sheet pan. Roast them. Yeah, I actually roast them. Because I think you have a much stronger sense, and it probably has to do with you also grew up in the Pacific Northwest and now you live there and you have that shorter berry season. And also like when it is berry season, there's so many of them. People really put up what they have. But I feel like you're so much better at like preserving your berries. I just don't even do it. I buy berries when they're fresh, we eat them, and that's it for me. Yeah, because you can get really good ones year round. I don't roast them. I don't. I have a food dehydrator, which I think you convinced me to buy, which I love. And I think you do you dehydrate them too. I would dehydrate mulberries and okay. and I've dehydrated plums and figs. I don't dehydrate strawberries. Strawberries I like to freeze. Okay. And then I like to make little sauces with them. Yes. You know, again, in this family of creamy strawberry desserts, like I would make a strawberry sauce and put it on a labna cheesecake. I would make a strawberry mm-hmm. sauce and put it on some ice cream. But like not jammy. Strawberry sauce. What does that mean? I think like a strawberry, like a raw strawberry sauce, it's just berries. Put a little sugar on them and let them macerate, which means like the sugar just pulls their juices out. Do you actually cook your strawberry sauce? Yes. So I take frozen strawberries. I put them in a pot with a little bit of sugar, no water. Then I let them just start to simmer and just start to get softened. And then I'll add a cornstarch slurry. So I mix cornstarch with water and then I add that to the pot. I'm not cooking them for very long because I want them to taste fresh, not like a jam. Okay. It's almost like what you do with frozen cranberries when you're making cranberry sauce. Like you're really just a very quick simmer, five minutes or whatever. And then you have this thickened sauce that you can pour over so many things. Like I said, cheesecake, ice cream, whatever. Or like your yogurt or your latte. Yeah. When you talk about roasting strawberries like I need to know like the logistics of it I mean I literally 375 on a sheet parchment lime cheap pan I think I sprinkle it with sugar 
I don't even know if that's necessary. Probably it's a good idea and probably a pinch of salt, no oil, but you could also do oil. Olive oil, roasted strawberries would be beautiful. And then you just kind of roast them. They'll get darker and they'll start releasing their juices. And then I'll take those and yeah, spoon that. scrape all the juices into a bowl, right? Yes, definitely. Right. And then you're spooning that over your ice cream or over oh your whatever, your cream, or you can use it in a lot of different ways. It's good with strawberries that are not amazing too. Like right. so if you have that, it helps bring out their strawberry flavor. It's the same idea as like a cherry tomato, right? Like in yeah. the winter, that's why you roast cherry tomatoes in the winter because it concentrates their flavor because they're really not that good. Exactly. And then then suddenly you're like, oh, wow, this is really delicious. That's exactly right. And the other like cooked strawberry thing that I have to make, truly have to make every year, every strawberry season is the Smitten Kitchen strawberry cake. Have you made that? I've never made that. It's a very simple cake and it is it's like perfect. a white. Is it, is it a layer cake? It's a make a batter and then you're literally putting in like a pound and a half of strawberries. It's like almost equal batter to fruit ratio. It's not frosted. It's not layered. Just like a round cake. It sounds amazing. I've never served it without people being like, oh my God, it is one of the most perfect cake recipes on the planet. That makes me want to make it right now. Although I like, you know, I'm, I'm like a lazy baker, but. <laughs> so are you? mostly just eating your berries or do you like to do anything with them? Yeah, I mostly just eat them. I didn't grow up eating raspberries out of hand, but if I get a three pack of raspberries, we're lucky if one of the the three comes back. You know, like when I'm at the market, I just, or when I'm driving home, especially if I've driven over to Santa Monica, I have like a 30 minute drive. Like I end up eating half the stuff I buy. But yeah, we kind of just snack on it. I love to do fresh fruit, dried fruit and chocolate dessert platter. That's such an easy summer thing that requires like no effort on my part. And also I don't have to turn on the stove and I'll throw them into salads if I have them. But what do you, which berries do you like to throw into salads? You know, I remember we used to do strawberries in like a spinach salad. My mom yeah. would make like a strawberry sp- – I, I want to say I had like a poppy seed dressing. Yeah, that sounds very familiar. I feel like, like I grew up eating that. poppy seed salad dressing. But yeah, we didn't have like blackberries. I mean, blackberries you can throw into any salad, like blackberries with arugula, goat cheese or feta or something like that. It's like then you have the salty and you have the spicy and you have the sweet. I love blackberries in a salad. And actually I found this recipe or I have this recipe in a cookbook. I think this one is from Summer Kitchens, but there's this food writer, Olya Hercules, who's Ukrainian. I love her cookbooks so much. She has one called Mamushka and she has another one called Summer Kitchens. She has another one. In one of them, there was this gorgeous salad with tomatoes and blackberries and an onion and basil. And it's just like... Because I love a tomato onion salad and I never thought to add like a blackberry and it all kind of melds together. You're letting it marinate. And I think that's such a beautiful combination. I love that idea. But I mean, I think that's even like fancy for me. You know, I think generally, (laughs) so we just eat our berries out of hand. You're dealing with fresh fruit. Although I do remember one time we catered something and we served a beautiful array with of berries with sweetened cashew cream. I forgot about that. I should think of that. Like, you know, I always think of you when I think of cashew cream. You're the one who taught me how to make that. But the original way that we did that was for bowl meal, like a grain bowl, and we made it savory. And also, like, I tend on the savory side. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not as much of a sweet person. So Mm -hmm. what are savory things that you do with berries? Well, one of my favorite berries is currants. Is that a berry? I think it is. I have, like, so little experience 
experience with currants. I love currants. I don't know if it's because I have like, you know, my Ukrainian or like Eastern European origins. They grow really well here. They're not as common in California. They're harder to find, especially the kinds we have. We have red and black and gold and they're very sour. So people, they look like little jewels, but people often try them and I think get disappointed because they're so sour. So what I love to do with currants is pickle them. And I'll do like a pickled currant and then that's a beautiful thing to add to like a charcuterie board with some pate or something where you have something very rich and you want like a pop of sour. I love to decorate other cakes or tarts with currants. I think they're the most gorgeous decoration and I like the sour pop. So I especially like currants in salads. Jonathan doesn't tend to like fruit in salad. I really do, but he doesn't like the sweet in the salad as much. But currants, he seems to like better and I really enjoy. So I'd say that's like the main like savory kind of thing. I've done stuff like a blackberry sauce for a grilled piece of meat. That's good. I feel like blackberries and thyme go together really well. Exactly. And you could do that on like a duck breast too. Like a blackberry sauce is really nice on that. And especially if you make your blackberry sauce not very sweet, just the fruit and like you said, thyme and butter. And it's more just about the acidity of the fruit than like the sweetness of the fruit. Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. I think we should also talk about how we're storing our berries again. When you get these amazing berries, do you wash all your berries? Like how do you store them in your fridge? I typically don't wash any berries until I'm ready to use them with the exception of blueberries, which I will wash right away and then just put and I put every single berry in a container lined with cloth or paper towel usually it's a glass or I mean it could be plastic but an airtight container and I do that immediately and store them that way yeah and then I often will take in the summer when we're swimming in berries and I bought too many at the farmer's market because I couldn't resist my you know and I know we can't eat a half flat of berries all in one week then I'll usually take half of those wash them and then line a sheet tray, let them dry out and then put them on a lined sheet tray and freeze them in one single layer and then transfer that to a bag. Because if you just throw them in a bag and freeze them, they clump together. Right? Yes. So when you say a lined sheet tray, you're saying a sheet pan and you're lining it with parchment, right? Or yeah, or a silpat. Or a silpat. Right, right, right. I don't have silpat. Because if you don't, the berries will often stick to the sheet pan. That makes sense. Because there's always a little bit of moisture in them and then that wet berry gets onto the sheet pan. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you just put them into like Ziploc bags. Yeah. Then you save those for the months that you don't have berries. And now I'm feeling like as the berries are coming, I have to finish off all my freezer berries because I've stashed away. So right now I still have strawberry, currant, blackberry in my freezer that I have to use up. I mean, blackberries won't get here for a while, so I have time. So, But the strawberries, it's time. trying to think about what to do with those. Yeah, I was thinking about making a cheesecake next week, so that might be a good time. The thing is, I don't eat that many sweets actually at home. You would think that the way I talk that I'm like just constantly swimming in dessert, but we really don't eat that much dessert in general. So I have to have like an entertaining reason or like a gifting reason to make some of these things. Yeah. I think that's why it's taken a little longer for me to get through my berries this year. I think that's also why it's good to have food friends because if you're an avid baker and you live in a circle of avid bakers, I have a friend who lives a mile from me, my friend Maylin, who bakes all the time. And they're a family of three and we're a family of three. So, and I see her once a week, at least once a month, we will see each other and she will have some container. Like she recently, 
just gave us two pieces of rhubarb cake because she had gotten her hands on three or four pounds of rhubarb and then she just made all these things. They can't eat them all. And I'm so lucky to be in proximity to what she's So special. It's so special. Do you ever make jams? I'm not a jam maker. I feel afraid. When we talked to Grace Chun like a couple months ago and she said like, I don't want to get botulism. I was like, I'm right there with you, lady. Like I have for years wanted to understand. I've gone to classes. I've had people tell me it's the easiest thing to do. I bought all the equipment. I have all those things. Do I'm you? I'm afraid. Yes. I even have like the, you know, the how you canning. Have, I have like two tongs. I have all the things. It's so funny. My grandmother was never afraid of botulism and she was like constantly making jams all the time. And I tend to make jams, but I make refrigerator jams. So I make something that's meant to be eaten within like a month of making it, you know, yeah. and I store it in a clean jar in my fridge. Right. And there's freezer jams too. And like chia seed jams that I actually really like those as well. But these are all like kind of fresh jams that you don't preserve, but I'm jam aspirational. I am always jam aspirational, but I think it's like that same idea. There's like the culture of people who have boats, right? Yes. They know how to drive a boat because they like had a boat in their family. Like their parent had a boat or their uncle had a boat or something. And it's like, unless you're someone who's invited into that culture, it doesn't become a part of your regular experience. And like my mom didn't make jam. Mm. We just bought jam. And we haven't talked that much about blueberries. And I want to know, because LA has some great blueberries, like truly outstanding blueberries. And there's different varieties. Is there anything you do with blueberries? Do you make muffins? Anything? I mean, no. Yes, every once in a while I'll make a blueberry muffin. But like I live in the middle of Los Angeles. I'm surrounded by amazing bakers and amazing bakeries. And so I'm just going to like go to Sycamore Kitchen or go to, you know, one of these bakeries in my neighborhood. And I I think that's wonderful to also just own whatever it is you do and don't do. And there could be people listening who really just enjoy fresh berries, don't yeah. enjoy that many desserts. I don't think there's a wrong or right ever, as you know. We've talked about that many times. And for me, it's like, I just love baking. I just yeah, love it. I, I can go to amazing bakeries, but there's something about it that's so satisfying to me. And I love sharing it. It's the way that I, it's the thing I share most with other people. So, well, when I buy a, a box of blueberries, if they make it home, they're lucky. Like I can <laughs> them in transit. So what do you do with your blueberries then? I typically eat blueberries fresh too. I do like um, snacking cakes, like little simple cakes mm-hmm. like I've told you about that yeah. could also be made into muffins. So I love a blueberry, a simple blueberry cake. I make a grain-free one too. And I love a raspberry cake, blackberry cake. I love a blackberry cobbler. I got into cobblers last summer because my neighbor, he loves cobbler and I bake for him a lot, him and his wife. And so he kind of sometimes makes special requests. And I hadn't made cobbler in years. And then he requested and I was like, cobbler's so good. Cobbler's so good. I do make a lot of cobblers in the summer because it's something that's just like cooked fruit and then you put some kind of crunchy topping on it. So whether it's like a biscuity topping or more of like a crumbly, oatmeal-y kind of topping. And I will throw like blueberries into a topping like that or blackberries into a topping that's like peaches or nectarines or cherries. Berries and stone fruit, especially in a baked cobbler or crumble or pie. I do make blueberry galettes as well. Oh, yeah. I mean. So good. Yeah. The last recipe I'll offer has to do with raspberries. I do love making an icebox cake. Have you ever made one? What do you mean by icebox cake? So an icebox cake, as I understand it, and what I make is like you take a a cookie. I like to use those Oreos that don't have filling. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or you could use chocolate wafers or you could use like a graham cracker and then you literally make whipped cream, just straight up whipped cream. And then I'll take raspberries and sugar and mash them up and just do layers of the chocolate wafer cookie, whipped cream, and raspberry. That's it. And then you stick it in the fridge. I'm so glad that you reminded us of that because there's a lot of Midwestern versions of that that are like – that include like pudding and Oreos or there's so many different versions of it. Jello. My mom used to make this with strawberries, strawberry jello, but it had like a pretzel crust and then it had like a cream cheese layer. And you would call that an icebox cake too. It's just you would have to bake the crust a little bit or maybe you didn't even bake the crust, but you sort of do them in layers and then it sits in the icebox and then after a couple of hours, you can cut it into a, a slice. Do you mean like you had a graham cracker crust, then a layer of jello with fruit and then a layer of a, like a cream cheese filling and then yeah. a pretzel topping? Or- well, no, no. The pretzels were the graham cracker layer. Oh, like you okay. Would say, you would use pretzels as you would graham crackers. To make a crust. To make a crust. And then the next layer was that thicker cream cheese layer. It was like cream cheese beaten with whipped cream or Cool Whip. We used – I grew up on a lot of Cool Whip. So it was probably like cream cheese mixed with Cool Whip. And so it was a heavier layer and then strawberry jello and then you would put like more Cool Whip on top. Wow. That sounds so, so Midwestern. I'm sure I would have eaten that up as a kid. So Midwestern. And so – and honestly, that's like a church social, a church funeral, like a picnic, a Sunday at someone's house. There's always something like that around. Well, this is very fun. I'm really excited for berry season now. I'm so excited for berry season. I love this idea of an icebox cake. I might go back and I might go back and do that one. Yeah, it's so fun. All right. Well, until next time. Till next time. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you, so follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating. Bye.